Yes, it's time again for Buddy Martin. Call him up and tell him what you're thinking. But be kind because he's doing the best he can. Better. Stronger. Faster. Mama says that alligators are ornery because they got all them teeth but no toothbrush. Hey! What if the voice calls while you're gone? Take a message. <laughs> Bye! I'm ready for this my whole life. I'm incapable of small talk. <laughs> but that's why you love me, right? Kind of intimidating to be in the presence of so many great athletes. Now, here he is, the coach, Buddy Martin. And welcome to the Buddy Martin Show on a Monday morning. These times I keep coming to you, they just keep changing and changing. But we like a little spice in life, don't we? The unexpected. Hope you had a great weekend. I had a great one catching up, resting a little bit, watching a little bit of Gator baseball, Kentucky Derby, that kind of stuff, and working on the show. I got some really interesting stats and data. You can get that now on Apple and, 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 and Facebook, and they give you the numbers. And quite frankly, I was quite surprised, if not staggered, to see some of the numbers I saw when I researched the last 30 days. We'll talk to you more about that later. We're not really a numbers show. We don't go that much by it, but it does give us a, a guideline, and we're working on plans, which we'll tell you about. Today on the program, the one and only Mike Bianchi. I never know what to call Bianchi now, if I should call him the columnist of the Orlando Sentinel or the host of 96.9 The Game. That's right, right? 96.9 The Game. I always get that wrong. Uh, anyway, Mike Bianchi, I've known him since he's been writing for the Gainesville Sun and then some. Uh, we'll get with Bianchi. He'll, he'll stir it up a little bit for us like he always does. Um, he's been writing a lot about soccer lately. A lot of soccer. I mean, soccer's okay. Is Orlando becoming a soccer city for crying out loud? I mean, you know, I wonder. Uh, of course, they have other things like the Capital One Bowl, and they have, although Magic Basketball's been pitiful, uh, they have that. But anyway, we'll get Mike's, really Mike's take on college football. That's where his heart is. And talk to him about the crowded landscape of Florida now. Has it changed the complexion of recruiting for what used to be the Big Three? And now you can call it the Big Five or the Six or Seven. Well, you, it's pretty deep. There's seven colleges playing uh, major college football. And I say major, not top five, but major college football in the state of Florida. Uh, and how does that affect recruiting? Well, we'll get an update later on on recruiting from Graham Nash. There's a five-star running back looking at Florida, giving Florida another look. That's kind of where it's different a little bit. Dan Mullen's getting the attention of people where they're starting to get visits from five stars and four stars. Not so much of that during the McElwain era. On the program today, we'll be with you till about uh, 11.30 or so. The thing about this show is you can go long or whatever you want to do. And we'll talk about those subjects. Um, I'll catch up on a few other things regarding the Gator Nation Kingdom. I'll tell you about this later, but we're going to do some special things for the Elite program. We're going to have some contests. We're also going to have... Um, some prize drawings for those people as well who support this program. We appreciate it. And, of course, as always, our sponsors. We really appreciate our sponsors. You hear me talk about them all the time because without them, we wouldn't be here. And naturally, uh, we do appreciate all of them, particularly the ones like Daniel L. Hightower, lawyer fighting for actions of victim justice since 1976, Center State Bank, Centered on Community and Customer Service, locally uh, right here in Ocala, of course, in Gainesville as well, uh, area there and all around the state, uh, and World of Beer, where we are every Wednesday night. Got a little surprise for you for guests coming up, too. I'll tell you about that, working on the guest list. So all that stuff to talk about. Um, thinking about instituting a, a hotline on this show. I don't know if we'll make it exactly like a call-in, but sort of like a call-in. The Crown Prince has been off, Brendan. Up working in Boston, so we have to get together and touch bases on that. Um, but we certainly want to hear more from our constituency. You folks out there, this is the time of year when we want to get in a conversation together. Because let's be honest, it's a little bit slower 
than what it was a couple of months ago. I looked at some of the traffic on the websites, the big ones, and that's big time down. I'm talking about some of them very big. And everybody's down if you're talking football. There's a little pause. There's nothing wrong with a little pause. I mean, look, we need a little time to recuperate. We've been going hard at it here for a while. Certainly ever since. Uh Uh-oh, here comes trouble. Here comes trouble. Just when I thought we were clear, look what walked in the door. Oh, my goodness. Fresh out of Boston. Oh, my goodness. The crowd press is back. Oh, like I said, we need a little pause. A little pause. Boy, there you go. There you go. There's no pauses around here. He's back. He's fresh. He's ready to go now. He had a little pause in the action. He's been partying up in Boston for the last week. Oh, get in! My goodness. Just when you think you got everything squared away and everything's good and, you know, everything's Mike Bianchi lined up. And how are you, Brendan? Son, good to see you. You got Bianchi? Yeah, Bianchi's coming in just a minute. He's coming in just a minute, yeah. Well, I'm not going to be here long. Well, you'll be here in seven minutes, won't you? I just got back on the plane. Now, how was your trip, by the way? It was good. It was long. Yeah. I saw some of the video. You had uh, uh, the, the swan boat, the duck boat up in uh, in Boston with Stella. She looked like she was driving the boat. That was fun. That was just part of it. But, yes, yeah. that was the uh, um, – uh, just part of the whole deal. Uh, uh-huh. we, I was up there for work for, for, yeah. uh, for a week prior with a uh, great outfit that I work for uh, Freelance for. So did that for a Digital, week. Digital, you can say it. Yeah, Digital. Uh, friends there, Beat. And yeah, streaming, a live streaming company that does mm-hmm. uh, conferences, and we did a big conference up there. So, uh-huh. uh, And then uh, finished up, uh, family came up for the weekend. Beautiful weekend in Boston. Yeah, which I saw the pictures. It looked really like great. Like 80 degrees on Saturday. Buck, duck boat, swan boat, uh, children's museum, um, did the legal seafoods, did uh, aquarium, did um, Science Museum, um, did, uh, didn't do the Freedom Trail, went to Boston Common, and uh, even... Of course, legal seafood. And still, Stella went to Tiffany's, which they made Uh-oh. a big stink about her at uh, Tiffany's. That's not good. Brought as out the $12,000 necklace Uh-oh. that they had, and they, she modeled it and had a big time. So. I pity her poor Newberry husband. Street. I mean, we did it all. We did it all. So, so Beacon Hill and all? Yeah, well, it was on the it was on the tour. I mean, we really we only had a really about two days. Yeah, we yesterday. made the most of it. We jammed a lot in there for yeah. sure. And real, uh, it was real bumpy. Real lot of turbulence coming back and forth. So uh, anyway, uh, we didn't get until night. late last night. Yeah, yeah, I see that you did. Well, it's good to have you back. And we have a double header today, late night deli deli coming on tonight. Yeah, um, and uh, just talking about some of the things we're going to do, instituting the hotline. We're not sure how. That's your department. Oh yeah, you're um, just talking about things already. That, yeah, mean, yeah. Camera angles off. Oh, well, you're not, you, you've been out, I'm going to say. Um, and then um, also... Yeah, we can do the hotline. I just have to figure out how to put it I don't know together. if it'll be a true hotline, but we'll have to figure in queue or something. Or we can get Anyway, we'll get in, in touch queue. with people. I don't know how. I mean, in other words, we can't just open the line up. You could never answer the phone. So. We're going to call it in queue. The do hotline. Do whatever you want. In We're the gonna, hopper. Yeah, in the hopper. Yeah. Uh, so good to see to you back on the mornings. Yeah, yeah, so back, yeah back in the morning. Try to keep up with the other in Boston. But well, you're busy. busy. You're busy. And uh, we're going to do mornings uh, you know, as much as possible. By the way, the schedule, is, before we get Mike Bianchi on here, the schedule is going to be late night, daily, daily tonight. Morning show tomorrow, World of Beer on Wednesday, a uh, morning show on Thursday, and a morning show on Friday. No Friday night, late night, daily, daily anymore. No more. No more. People summer like to go out. People yeah. are out on Friday nights. Like, plus, our town we have we have to talk about that. People we're, go to the we're beach. And they, like a busy time of year. Kids yeah. are out of school. Friday nights. Are yeah. So otherwise, we're talking about baseball team, which won two out of three from That's Texas A and M. And I just wanted to check in. I'll probably check in tonight with you on the late night. Good, the dilly, good. But uh, just good. wanted to come in and say good morning. Well, I'm glad you did. And, I uh, missed you. We missed you. Glad well, to have uh, you back. And we'll see you guys. So all of your fans out there. Hello. I have no fans. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you got one or two. I know Koval likes you. So 
Colville, I'll have to talk about him trying to outdo me with all yeah. the gear. Oh, yeah. He's definitely outdoing that. that. And I uh, noticed a couple other things that uh, I know that uh, our friend um, Enrico down in, has got a big, good-looking uh, uh, man cave down there he showed over the weekend. Yeah, I saw that. He's, mm-hmm. He wants to have a party down there for the G&K. Okeechobee's be... a little bit of a haul, but, you know, it's okay. How far is that? Long. Enrico, down. I need a place to stay. Huh. I think he's. I uh, think like a queen size bed. He probably like sends a limo. More likely, <laughs> I guess, is he brings you a limo. So. High thread count on those sheets would be yeah. great. All right, so Bianchi's going to be a cooler in there. So if while you, you keep about while you're making your degrees, reservations, let me just a say, glass of water by the while you side. take care of your amenities, uh, anything I should ask Bianchi you want to know about? It's obviously there's a lot of recruiting going on now with all the schools in Florida, with all the coaches around Florida. There's bigger the schools of South Florida, Central Florida, of course, one of the mythical national championship. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll talk to him, Mike, about that. And uh, yeah, also, I want him to. I want you to ask him about Scott Frost's comments about not wanting to be. Got the that. Yeah, that's what I want you be to be part ask of him. his phony UCF title. Frost is like, yeah, <laughs> that was stupid. Well, he went for it, but anyway, I got some of Bianchi's columns to talk to him about that, and then drama. We'll catch up at, uh, at a little after the hour with uh, at eleven oh five with Graham Nash. He's on top of the baseball situation. And as a matter of fact, we've also got this. We've got the uh, uh, five star, five star recruit look interested in Florida. Hi, so it's just mother. He has to say check in. Hi, mom. Hey, mom. There you go. Hi, yeah. All right. So anyway, is okay. Yeah, it's fine. Good. Let me go talk Tonight? to mom. Um, we'll, we'll see. see. All right. Uh, never know. With, never know with the crown prince. He's mysterious. I might Skype in. I'm tired, buddy. All right. Well, you got to work. That's good, work. Uh, no getting off. It's going to be fun. All right. Mike Bianchi coming up in three minutes. Let's see. My derby picks didn't do all that great. I got the first and third place horses. Um, certainly, the audible, if audible finished second, I'd have been a winner. I didn't bet anything, but I would have been a winner. I had to I had to win or justify, but nothing else. Here's something, something else to look at. If we get closer to SEC media days, making our plans to go to Atlanta, going back and reviewing, I just looked at all the coaches that have been fired um, and uh, the coaches that have been hired and uh, the changes. You forget about this. You, and over the over the over the fall spring months, we're talking about you know, like you look at uh, we know about McElwain, but you got a lot of coaches here that we're going to talk about. Uh, like for instance, forget about Jim Moore being fired. Of course, we know who went there, the guy that used to be one of the big coaches in Florida, uh, and then uh, going down uh, some major programs made changes. We know this, we just forget this. Okay, we'll go over some of those changes a little bit later on. Some for the better. Uh, I saw a piece last week that says uh, it was a great thing that uh, what happened, Kirby Smart went to Georgia and Mark Rick went to Miami. Uh, and both uh, programs were better off for it. So, you know, that's it's like the old thing in baseball, they used to say. A trade is good for both teams, right? Um, so, anyway, um, that and tonight we'll talk to our, our buddy, um, uh, David Moulton, who does a really great job on ESPNU and his show, Miller and Moulton. David's always got some interesting takes on football. Now we're going to get into the looking at the schedules, making the projections, etc. And then later in the week, I've asked Brady if he'd help us break down a position. We did tight ends last week. Maybe we'll do running backs. Or maybe we'll do linebackers, whatever he wants to do. I saw him at the grocery store on Sunday. Yeah, Brady was superstar school shopping for their own groceries. Brady Ackerman in public. Who knew? So all that as well. So um, uh, we'll also talk to Bubba. Bubba likes to break down things. We'll get his – Bubba likes to break things, actually, to be honest. Okay? Uh, and we'll get uh, his take on a few things. But right now we're going to see if we can reach out to Michael Bianchi and get started on the program today with a few choice words from him before I tell you about Center State Bank. Center State Bank. Centered on community and customer service. You want to check them out. Uh, somebody that uh, has been in my wheelhouse for quite some time, even when they were Gateway Bank. They're locally market-driven. They're long-term horizon in terms of their loans, projections, world-class service, of course, 
uh, relationship banking and faith and family. Center State Bank is the seventh largest in the state of Florida. Uh, they uh, they have 82 locations, so there's got to be one near you. I highly recommend you go check it out. I hope they all have cookies. I know mine does. A uh, certain place you want to try. 30 Florida counties. Again, Center State Bank, centered on community and customer service. Uh, locations around Ocala and Gainesville will serve you. Plenty of them. My bank happens to be on Silver Springs Boulevard, uh, and uh, been going there for quite. In fact, I went today where I can count on those cookies that service uh, the people and a smile, and actually people know your name. There's a concept for banking. Center State Bank, centered on community and customer service. Locally in Ocala, call 352-368-6800. We're going to see if we can reach Mr. Bianchi here now and get on with him. Uh, talk about what's on his mind today. And um, talk to him about some of his columns. Mike Bianchi, columnist of Orlando Sentinel, host of the, uh, I, don't know if it's, I don't think it's called Open Mic anymore. Reaching out to Mike right now, trying to reach, get him. Uh, all right, let's see. Uh, a little surprise for you next week. We're going to try to have, uh, we're going to try to have, uh, James says, this would be the host of, uh, I don't know if it's called Open Mic anymore or not. I know it's just Mike Bianchi's show. I never know whether to call him a columnist or a talk show host. He's a little bit of everything is what he is. Mike Bianchi joins the program. Good morning, Mike. It's open mic, FM 96.9, the game, AM 740 in Orlando. But I, what do I call? What, 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 I want to ask you, do you want me to call you columnist or talk show host? I still like to be referred to as Orlando Sentinel Sports yeah. columnist, Mike okay. Biaki, who also okay. does a radio show in Orlando. Okay, that's smart. That's smart. Uh, yeah. Although it's a dying breed. I saw Bud Shaw had his last column in Cleveland. They're dropping like flies, Bianchi. You're, yeah. Bianchi, you're becoming like uh, the dinosaur. You're going to be the last man standing, you know? Bud Shaw did his last column in Cleveland? He did, yes. Wow. Yep, that's what's wow. happening. Every day is another one. Every week, another person. And, you know, people we consider quality. What's happening in this crazy business of yours? Here's what happened, buddy. I, I was reading a uh, story a while back about, Years and years ago, this you know maybe fifteen or twenty years ago, uh, some somebody in the newspaper industry tried to get all the newspapers to sort of form a alliance. Mm-hmm. All right, mm-hmm. to form an alliance, and the alliance would be to so essentially, you know how Google started. Google started by searching newspapers all right i know that's how google started well this this whoever it was i don't remember who it was but he got the idea hey let's form an alliance and there and we will have our own google all right Mm -hmm. and none of the newspapers wanted to do it they didn't think it was like bino like bino cook used to say of some papers it folded on merit you know And uh, speaking of which, I always keep my clipboard in front of me. You know why? It's the Bino Cook Memorial Clipboard. Bino always said, it's on the clipboard. It means he's got it. But, you know, there are some papers that just didn't deserve to be around, although I hate every one of them that went down because, as you know, my blood uh, has ink in it. But you're still standing, Mikey, so you're going to be the man there. And uh, can you imagine? Can you imagine, like, the, the leadership of newspapers years ago thinking, ah, this Internet's just a passing fad? <laughs> I remember talking to your newspaper 15 years ago, maybe, saying, uh-huh. if you can figure out what to do with this Internet thing, we can hire you. <laughs> How we can make money, I said. I don't know anything about money, but, uh, yeah, you're right. They gave it away. They gave it away. Yeah. Not about it. But that's a, but there's other opportunities that have opened up. You've been a multimedia guy. You get to go and stir it up and make up stuff, make up titles sure. and whatever. And you get yeah. to, you know, speaking of which, uh, oh, I, when I first read this, because I like to do a little research on you, because I always take for granted people know you, although you're world famous. Mm-hmm. Not every single person knows Mike Bianchi. So I thought this said Mike Bianchi is the top sports columnist in the country. I said, what? Another phony makeup title somebody did on Orlando? Well, Mike? I reread it. I said, oh, Mike Bianchi is recognized as one of the top sports columnists in the country, mm-hmm. right? which is yeah, true. Sure. He's been yeah. the feature sports columnist, Orlando Sentinel, since 2001. You are a dinosaur. 2001? Wow. Yeah. 
2001, yeah. I, mean, I, I have a hard time thinking, let's see, that happened a couple years ago. No, it happened a couple years ago. It happened 15 years ago, buddy. Where you been? So it flies by in a hurry. But anyway, all right, so long as we're picking today, I'm going to get into some of the subjects we discussed. I got your columns out. I pulled them. I actually did research on you, Bianchi. We're going to talk a little about UCF. Now, here, I'm going to make you pick some things. You like to take sides, right? Let me give you. Let me give this. All right, here you go. Pick one. Orlando City or Orlando Magic? What do you mean pick one? For what? It's pretty obvious. Just pick one. You got to take one. Just pick Take a side. Orlando City. Orlando City, all right? Number yeah. two, Shaquem or Shaquille Griffin? Well, Shaquem. Shaquem's, I mean, if you're talking about as a sports writer and journalist and national inspiration. Talking about you, Mike Bianchi, picking. Somebody. Yeah, Shaquem. All right. And then Dan Mullen or Josh Scheipel? Um, huh? Well, Dan Mullen has proven himself. Okay. Well, these are just your own personal favorites. But anyway, the point is, okay, so just to get it stirred up and started, somebody asked mm-hmm. the other day, now don't take it personal, now you get kind of yeah. sensitive about this. Is Orlando becoming a soccer city? Uh, well, I, I, I think college football is still Orlando's favorite sport when you take into account uh-huh. all of the college yeah. football yeah. fans from all of the, you know, from right. Florida, Florida State, right. UCF, obviously. You know, Orlando is a melting pot of college football fans. Mm-hmm. That's where, you know, we were, we were a college football town in Orlando before anything else. So, but as when you talk about is Orlando a soccer city? Yes, yeah. it is. I mean, the Orlando City Lions are one of the highest drawing teams in MLS. Um, right now, they're on a hot streak. So, yeah, Orla- Orlando is becoming a soccer, soccer city. city. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's fair. I mean, and, and by the way, I think if you ask the average person, they would only know Orlando City and not the Lions. Yeah, probably. Yeah, because obviously Orlando's pretty well branded. <laughs> uh, Lions mean Detroit or whatever. All right, yeah. so so I mean, this is I mean, look, this is I'm trying to figure this out because this pathway is what I'm looking at because it's different. Look, if you haven't changed in the last five years, you need to go somewhere and and get a makeover because everything has changed so fast, Mike. I'll have to tell you. I mean, radio, you know, has changed, and social media has changed, and the way you do business. And think about Uber. If you had Uber 10 years ago when you were in the city someplace trying to get a cab, remember all the times you had to get cabs and sporting events and could never get them? Remember that? You couldn't you get wait for Yeah, you'd wait for hours to get a cab. No, you get a cab. Yeah. You're in New York or something. So things are changing. Okay, so let's, let me ask you about, and I read your stuff. Uh, the the Griffins, the, how come the, the Shaquem Shaquille Griffin story caught us off guard? We knew about it, but, man, the whole draft day and the Laura Rutledge story and the weeping and crying and the people I've talked to who said they just openly wept about it, why, why did this story catch us off guard like this? Is it just something we just didn't think about, or we didn't know? Well, well, it all goes back to it all goes back to how UCF is ignored uh, by the national media. I mean, I don't think there's any question about that. We saw it during the college football season when they finished unbeaten, and nobody wanted to give him any credit. And Shaquem Griffin has been, I mean, uh, among UCF fans and people in Orlando. I mean, he was the conference defensive player of the year two years ago mm. and everybody was like everybody in Orlando is going like why is everybody just getting to this story now man he's been a great yeah. story no, that's, yeah exactly for, for two years but nobody knew about him because nobody pays attention if, you, if you're not in a power right, five league right, right, people right. don't think you exist the, they and that's what you tried to, to do I know, I know you tried to do that with your and, that, and I, I don't have a problem with the with the phony title, although apparently Scott Frost didn't like it too much, according to, your, to the story in your paper. Scott yeah. Frost didn't buy into it, apparently, right? Well, of course he's not buying into it now that he's in a power five. Oh, league. Why, why, would he, he turned, why would he buck turned, the system when, he, when he's part of the system? He's a now. turncoat, man. Turncoat. I mean, good look. Yeah, Scott Frost is not buying into You know, Scott Frost and his assistants got $300,000 in national championship bonuses. Uh-huh. From UCF, yeah, because UCF paid them their national championship bonuses that were yep. in their contracts. Uh, last I checked, buddy, they haven't sent those bonuses back. So, you know, yeah. Well, I mean, you're right, and I think the thing is about this is I read the piece, 
and and, and your your column about uh, <clears throat> the fact that uh, uh, Frost told USA Today, I do think it was almost criminal how low they kept UCF in the ratings. Now I would think it was intentional. In the, the day, the playoff system is that national championship is the team that wins a playoff. All I can say is, if we had stayed there, I would have had a hard time getting behind it. Well, that's kind of a you know, backhand slap. Now, did you call him out on that? Yeah, I think it is a. I think it is a slap. First yeah. of all, he didn't really have to say that. I mean, all he had to say was, "Hey, well, I, I got some know. recognition, right?" Yeah, all he had to say was, "I think we could have competed for the national championship had we got the had we gotten the opportunity." Right. But uh, you know, to sort of go against what you know the school that hired him for his first head coaching job is trying to do, I think was. I think it was disingenuous. Okay. I mean, he certainly wasn't saying that, you know, throughout the course of, you know, getting ready for the Auburn game. He was saying, hey, I think we deserve a shot at the national championship, blah, 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 blah. So all this stuff we heard about what a great guy he was and was a great principal person and wonderful and wasn't going to take a job until his task was so important. Now, all of a sudden, just a tinge of hypocrisy here. Just uh, just like all the rest of them, isn't anybody? Like all the rest of them, exactly. Just like all the rest of them. Uh, Bobby Bowden and Tim Tebow, you said, all of whom have uh, unwavering support for the National Chef Proclamation. You're right. I talked to Spurrier about it, too. He liked it. Um, and said, Absolutely, uh, because Spurrier's always been one of those who backed the little guy, who <laughs> who thought, hey, if, you're, if you don't get a fair opportunity, you deserve a fair opportunity. Spurrier was for a college football playoff. Way back, yes, he was twenty-five years ago. Yes, well, and he, and the other thing is, don't forget. And I wouldn't say this is the phony title, but he did claim the nineteen ninety SEC title, and and didn't leave. Absolutely, well. he did because they because they they won it on the field. Yeah, best team. They had a chance to win it on the field. Would you like to have been in that discussion with Jeremy Foley when he got got up there and said, "I want this team up on the facade," and they said, "You can't put it at first tee because they didn't want a championship." How'd you like to have been a little mouse on the wall on that day? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Spurrier still, Spurrier still credits that ninety. He let he will not let it go. Not let it. Speaking of which, you said Michael Wayne's offense was so bad, Spurrier decided to go back to coaching. Well, he probably told you that story, right? <laughs> yeah, I've heard uh-huh. lots of stories, not all of which I can print or say, but not the least of which is, uh, they. I mean, this is what I'm saying. He didn't say this is that McElwain's people disrespected Spurrier. You know what I mean? They never even really asked him. I mean, they would send Nussmeier down there to talk to him occasionally, and he would say, oh, Nuss, good guy. But you can't get a receiver open. I mean, come on, man. Guy who who invented the passing game in the SEC, for crying out loud, you can't go down there and say, hey, give me a couple of ball plays. He said he had a couple, but he said you can't really do it unless you go to practice. Anyway, so, so what are you going to do with your boy Spurrier when he comes down there? I don't. It's going to be. It's interesting how this is all shaking out. I mean, Spurrier obviously is in the new Alliance of American Football. He's going to coach the Orlando team in that league, and now, you know, the XFL contacted Orlando last week about bringing another professional team, spring league team. That's Vince McMahon's league. So there may be two spring leagues in Orlando. (laughs) I mean, I don't know if Orlando can support one spring league. No, not two for sure. So, uh, you know, I'm a little worried. I'm a little worried that Spurrier's going to go, you know, I'm a little worried Spurrier's going to be coaching, you know, in Orlando in front of like 5,000 fans or something. I'd hate to see that. Yeah, I would too. That's no way to go out for a guy, Hall of Fame coach. Like you said, quite a run. Think about the run he's had the last year and a half. My gosh, every Hall of Fame, every honor, the name on the stadium. I mean, who could have a better run than that, right? Phenomenal. Oh, that's, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Almost as good as yours, Bianchi. All right, yeah. so so tell me about the, the, the topic this year. I'll let you go after this, and I've kept you a long time. But listen, it's slow. It's time to talk football, but, reflect. Buddy, when did you move times? Well, I'm experimenting. I'm moving. Oh, okay. uh, I'm, now that I'm, I show it's all digital, I can go on anytime I want to. And my okay. actually, my, 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 my people, they like it. Sometimes I can hit them at nine o'clock at night. They, that's the highest numbers. And Facebook, you can tell who your number, your numbers are. I just said my top ten shows. Looked at them for the last months. First of all, I was staggered by the numbers. I couldn't believe that. And secondly, uh, they love nights. Nine o'clock, eight thirty, nine o'clock is a great night. They like mornings. 
The time at 6 o'clock I've been doing the show is the, one of the worst times on the Internet you can have because people are all yeah, coming people and going. are coming home from work and yeah. getting ready yeah, for I mean, dinner. We've yeah. done all right with it. Don't get me wrong. But the, you can't beat the numbers. You start looking at them, you say, okay, here's what's happening. The people I had on at this time were Brendan Martin, uh, Brady Ackerman, who's whatever, who does the show with me from World of Beer on Wednesday. And then I said, well, Look, I mean, let's go where the numbers are. So this week, my son's been beating me up about these numbers. And he, we did some shows morning last couple of weeks, and all those numbers were better than anything else. I don't know. It's different because in the Internet, you you got an audience after audience. You know what I mean? You hear they keep watching you the rest of the day, and the earlier you're up there, the more the more numbers you get. So I don't know. I just go on. I just get on there and turn it on and talk, Mike. I don't Makes know. Makes sense. Makes uh, sense, buddy. When are you going to go all digital, Mike? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> you better check it out. All right, so here's the deal. We got all these coaches in Florida, right? Okay. You have to stop thinking about who all they are. You start thinking about, you know, Mullen that we know about, obviously, in Heifel. Taggart, obviously, Strong, uh, Kiffin, uh, Davis. These are all top names in the yeah. business and good recruiters. Now we have, what, 15 million in Florida now? Is that what we got? 15 million people? Um, Third biggest state, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of ball players. Um, how who's going to get the, who's going to be the loser in this? The, 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 I mean, well, I, th- I think it remains to be seen. I mean, obviously, uh, recruiting is the lifeblood of any program. So you know, no. who, whoever the best recruiters are. I mean, Mark. One of the reasons Mark Richt was able to turn Miami mm-hmm. around is because he he started recruiting. And Miami is, you know, starting to recruit really good talent. Now, Willie Taggart looks to, looks to me like he's off to a really good start in recruiting when you look at the rankings for next year as far as commitments and all that goes. And I realize, you know, you can't tell a whole lot about it. But right now, Willie Taggart is, I mean, he's blowing the doors off of it in recruiting. Um, Dan Mullen still has some work to do. So, I mean, to me, that who, whoever is the best recruiter, I mean, yeah, you, you have to be able to X and O it. But who, whoever the best recruiter is the one who's going to survive. So, you know, if Josh Heupel can recruit, if if Willie Taggart can recruit, if Dan Mullen can recruit, they'll survive. If they can't, they won't. That's, to me, it's as simple as that. What's the old saying about recruiting, buddy? You better recruit. Recruiting sort of like shaving. You better do it every day or you're going to look like a bum. There you go. Perfect. Uh, it's, it, yeah. we, we were taught that by other coaches who, in the past who we learned. But I think here's the difference. Now, look, I'm trying to look at this. It's hard for me because I do mostly a Gator show here. Yeah. I've got most I'm, Gators. I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a homer, okay? So just like you're a homer for Orlando. I'm a homer for Cal and Gainesville. But I'm, yeah. I'm trying to study what I'm seeing here. And here's what mm-hmm. I'm seeing. Uh, look, everybody's going to be overly optimistic now after being ready to jump off the ledge last November mm-hmm. when they didn't get Chip Kelly. Uh, and now they're going to all think they're going to win a national championship and it could be some fool's goal if they start off 4-0. Oh, this, here we go. But here's the difference. The perception drives the stock market. You know that, Mike. Okay. You have lots of money in the stock market. Yep. And, sure. um, and so it, it, it it's not reality. It's perception drives it. Perception can also drive your program. As per UCF, we saw that. Now the mm-hmm. question becomes, what's different? Here's what's different. I'm seeing stories about five-star running back like Sanders, his brother, play, talking about really liking Florida. They weren't getting that kind of interest before. They never got interest in five stars, a few fours, and mostly threes. And really, Michael was recruiting in the ninth grade. They signed, they got a commitment from a ninth grade kid here in Vanguard in Ocala. That's how he was trying to, to, to combat it. He wasn't recruiting that well, I mean, adequately on paper. So I think that's the thing about the Now, you know, who's the best recruiter? Well, who do you think the best recruiter is in that group? Right now? Yeah. I. I Again, I would have to just from what I've seen of Willie Taggart in you know in three or four months. I I I would say Willie Taggart. I mean, that's the thing. Here's the thing: Florida needs to overcome. All right, except for the you know the the four or five years when Urban Meyer was at Florida and he was recruiting his tail off, and Bobby Bowden was old and over the hill Mm -hmm. and had lost it. All right, Mm -hmm. Florida's always been out recruited. By Florida State, for the most part. I mean, Bowden used to out recruit Spurrier. It used to drive Spurrier crazy that, you know, Bowden would get better players than he did. Um, Jimbo Fisher out recruited Muschamp and McElwain and that bunch. 
Um, so that's what Dan Mullen needs to do. He needs to turn the tables and start out recruiting Florida State because you know his mentor Urban Meyer did, and that's why Urban Meyer became the great coach that he began because yep. he got the best players. He he's still getting the best players up right. at Ohio State. Good point. Now here's the thing about it is that I don't know that he's not. I mean, look at where the recruiting was and the toilet after the whole thing with uh, McElwain. Okay. Yeah. Oh, he yeah, turned I'm, that I'm around. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that Dan Mullen can't be a great recruiter. I'm just saying, you know, off, off the brief little sampling that we have. Well, I mean, Henry Jones Taggart was a, is, and, and this kid Jalen Jones, by the way. If you I'm not big on looking at tapes of kids who are juniors in high school, but do yourself a favor and go look at the, the huddle tape on Jalen Jones or next year who plays his senior year. This kid looks like something very inspirational as a passer. So anyway, so I, I feel here's my final thought on Mullen. I had this vision the other day. Mullen's going to go heavy. He's going to go big. He's going to play big boy football. He's going to play a little smash mouth football. You watch. If if Havisty can get that offensive line going and get his tight ends who are looking really good, they can run the football. Everything works when you run the ball off Mullen's offense. If he goes heavy and decides and powers his way through the first four games and with, with the quarterback only having to do a minimal of, you know, bailing him out on third down, Whoever that quarterback is, and I'm not sure who it is, Mike, and you're probably not either. I think this team could really be interesting, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. Like you say, it's just an early sample, isn't it? He better not power the ball too much, buddy. He better he better score some damn points. Well, he will, but Mike, he reminds you of the time Urban went to Mississippi State, and what did and what did Mullen do to him? He pulverized him. He, he beat him up physically. Um, if you remember that game, uh, he put those I do guys, that game. He, he just blew them off the line of scrimmage. Think back to the successful Tebow plays. How about the, the, the scrum? What was the score of that Florida, Florida, Mississippi State I game? don't remember, but like, it was, it was, like it was, it wasn't, it wasn't a fluke. It was, no, a little more than that. Um, I do, oh, I can't look it up right now by myself, but it's a good question. Let's look it up because they're playing, going back there now. He's going back there, as you know, in the fifth game of the season. Mike, you'll be making that road trip, man. That's going to be interesting. So the final thought is, when I think about the scrum play by Tebow against FSU and all that, was, and then off that came the jump pass or whatever, I think this, you're going to see an offense that's going to be power built eventually. Maybe not the first year. That's how he likes to he likes to run the football. That's, a, that's what I'm saying anyway. No. Yep. All right, Mike. All I'm saying, buddy. All I'm saying is it's fine to run the football if you're score if you're scoring points. But if it, you're running yeah, the if which, you're running the football and you're not scoring points, like like Muschamp did you. in year two when I they won you. eleven games. Remember I that? Got you. And Gator fans were miserable, even though they won eleven games. Right. Good point. I think they will score points. And when you run the ball, you can throw the ball better. You know what I'm saying? You can you can get give more that motion offense and that uh, you know the the uh, is really key to, you know, the, the quarterback keeper and, uh, you know, all that sort of stuff, the offenses they run. Anyway, we'll see. Plus, Mullen knows how to coach quarterbacks. He That's does. That's the Gators he haven't does. had That's exactly since Mullen right. was here. You got as it, a, pal. As a, so you got it. That's you, the difference. Mullen knows how to coach quarterbacks, yeah. whereas Muschamp, McIlwain, no and all the rest. No Final question, what's Mullen's dog's name? Hmm. What kind of dog does he have? A terrier, a Wheaton Terrier, I believe. Here's what I'm going to ask you. Uh, I got to think it's a boy because of the name it has. Um, named after John, a famous quarterback. Named after a famous college mm-hmm. quarterback or famous pro quarterback? College quarterback. Think about Timmy. it. Timmy. Who? Thank you. Uh, Heisman. He's actually named Heisman. Um, so I can ask you the question now. He rolled it out there up, and I guess he rolled that name out there and laughed about it up in uh, Chick-fil-A about his dog, why he named him that. He almost named him Maxwell because three people won the Maxwell Award. We decided to go with Heisman. Here's the thing. It would probably not do well for him to mention his dog's name. I don't think Clarabelle went over very well, did he? <laughs> Well, no, huh? nothing went over. Nothing went over well with McAway. Is that the all-time worst quote in history of a college? Whoever you know, I can play my dog quarterback, Claribel at quarterback. 
Is that the worst quote in the history of Florida football, or what? Well, yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah. It turns out to be a worst yeah. quote when your offense is abysmal can't get a quarterback. for three years. Haven't had a quarterback then, Mule Greer, for a couple of games. Who, by the way, I saw on the list the other day, and you know, best quarterbacks. He's ranked number five in the country. I don't buy that. Do you? No, no. Five, fifth best. By the way, buddy, I'm, I'm going to pull a Spurrier. I got a Spurrier prediction for you. Give it to me. All right. You ready for this? You remember when Spurrier took over at Florida back in 1990? Very well. He went to the he went to the Jacksonville Gator Club and he predicted Shane Matthews would be the All SEC quarterback. Remember that? <laughs> yeah, I know. Huh? yeah, and he also said he'd lead. I was standing there when he said, "Whoever I pick will be the will lead the conference in passing." He said that before he went to. I remember. Yeah. Well, buddy, I'm going to make a prediction right now. All right, go for it. I'm going to say Dan Mullen is going to immediately make a difference in the Gator quarterback situation. I'm going to predict right here on the Buddy Martin yes, show, yes. Felipe Franks will be the All-SEC quarterback wow. this season. Felipe wow. Franks. Wow. That is real. Felipe Franks. Felipe Franks Felipe will be Franks. Buddy, Felipe Franks will be the All SEC quarterback. Mike Bianchi coming from left field with Felipe Franks. Wow. Yep, Dan Mullen, the quarterback guru, will turn him in to the All SEC quarterback. My goodness, that's a great. You know, I thought I was the only one taking up for him. I, I, I think Felipe Franks is how does Spurrier say it? Felipe, whatever he says. Uh, I, I I thought I was getting heat for for mentioning that. Don't count him out yet. You're going All ACC with him. Absolutely. He's a big, strong kid. He's wow. got some wheels. He can run. He can run the spread option My if goodness. he had to. And he can throw the football. Wow. Dan Mullen will make him a quarterback. Well, here's the deal. Now, now, now all of a sudden, I'm getting all these messages. Bianchi, Bianchi. If you ask Bianchi, been saying all along this season, Jennifer says. Joey says, wow, Felipe Franks. Uh yeah, they're all you're lighting up the boards, man. They're all excited. Like Joey McBear, wow, Felipe Franks, mm, Mike NB going out on a limb. Okay. And by the way, Robert Koval says Mullen never said Heisman could score. <laughs> 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 all right, Mikey. Let's do this some more. I love it, man. All right. Great stuff. Thanks, Mike. You can hear him on the radio, read him in the paper. He'll come to your house and wash your car and do your lawn for a certain fee. <laughs> Uh, whatever you need done, Mike Bianchi does it all. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate it, buddy. See you, buddy. All right. Mikey Bianchi, Felipe Franks. Woo. How about that, folks? Felipe Franks. Well, it could happen. I mean, it could happen. Um, I, I Well, you know, I'm running behind. I'm going to have to get this man on the phone. He's never going to talk to me again. Uh, we went a little bit long on that uh, because Mike was on a roll. So let's see if we can still get a hold of our friend, uh, <clears throat> Graham Hall, up in uh, Gainesville and, get, uh, and talk a little baseball. But, boy, that's 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 going to be interesting. This is going to be an interesting summer. People are going to keep saying everybody likes to jump on the new blood, naturally. <clears throat> Emery is, uh, you know, is the guy. And now here's one other thing. I got grief about it from you guys because I said he thought he was going to be in the hunt. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, well, John Enrico says two quarterback season. I think that's probably right. But uh, so let's see if we can get a hold of Graham. We're running a little bit behind us, see if Graham is there. It looks like he's answering the phone. He's still speaking to us, even though we're late. Everybody, can you hear me? I can hear you fine, Graham. I don't think I have a picture um, of you, um, but we'll just talk, okay? You can't see me? Uh, Not yet, but I can. Can you see me? Yeah, I can see you. Okay, well, then you'll pop up here in a minute. My video should be there up. you are. There you are. I'm here? Uh, yes. How you doing, man? I'm doing very well yourself. Thanks for having me on. I would just uh, listen to you and Bianchi go at it. And how about that? You heard it, right? Prediction. Huh? prediction from him, yeah. What, what else would you expect, though, from Mike well, Bianchi? I like it. That the spice is up the summer, doesn't it? I, I like it, and I yeah. like the call of Felipe Franks. I certainly wouldn't rule him out. Um, when you look at his physical tools, he looks like an absolute SEC potential monster but that remains to be seen i guess well there's so much that can happen between now and then we just don't know yet you know but uh, the fact is that that why would you just throw away a guy you know who's that big and strong and talented like spurrier alluded to this just a little bit when we talked there you are um about how he would love to have seen a guy in that physique 
show up at one of his coaching jobs at Duke or someplace else, you know, when he got there to have a guy, guy to coach like that. So, and then you also got the situation where, you know, you've got, you've got competition in position, which is something they have not had the luxury of, have they? Right. Right. And, and absolutely. I think that Emory Jones, we've said this before. I think that he will contend for some playing time in fall camp. And, and I think that it, it has been established pretty well that Felipe Franks did show improvement in spring ball over what we had seen last season. And they've just been with the offense that Mullen had installed right then and there. Um, so I definitely think that if Felipe Franks shows improvement in, in one month under Mullen's program with under practice, I think that he could get a lot better this summer. And so, like you said, remains to be seen. We'll know a lot more in fall camp, but I, I know I said this before, but if you're a Florida fan, you got to be a little bit tired of having these quarterback battles that, that look even murkier coming out of spring because Kyle Trask certainly picked up some ground in spring camp, a lot more ground than I thought he would make up in the race. And he's surely a name to watch again. It's a three quarterback battle. I think just like last year and just like it seemed like every other year under Florida. Well, Mike's point was well taken. Is that Mullen can coach quarterbacks, and you know, we start worrying about the offense, whatever. I don't know if you're my comment. I threw out there. I know this sounds crazy. I know Mullen likes to throw the football, but to me, he also likes to do, do things that are uh, unexpected. I think he's going to come out and be run heavy. I just got this vision early on to establish he can control and then go going to play action because that's why he's, how his offense works. But I don't mean to say he's going to be a, probably a run-oriented guy, but he's, it's an old cliche. You've got to run the football to pass the football. But it's so true here. Uh, and, and imagine the pressure it takes off of a, of a Felipe Franks or Kyle Trask or whoever it might be. Um, well, he, to be able to say, power up and run it down the field 40, 50 yards. You know? When you can do that, you can do a lot of things in the passing game, right? Agreed. And Florida have probably has the most offensive weapons that they've had in, I would probably say, nine years since Mullen was last here. Florida's offense is absolutely loaded, especially if they get the two wide receivers cleared, which it looks like with the news coming out about Shea Patterson yeah, last week, Florida's going to get Van Jefferson back. And I don't know what the situation on Trevon Grimes, but getting Jordan Scarlett back, Kadarius Toney looked a lot better in spring. No. This gives a lot of uh, pieces for Mullen to kind of, like you said, get pretty creative, run some play actions, run some reverses, have mm-hmm. Kadarius Tony maybe throw the football on a reverse. I right. think that Florida fans would kind of love that. Um, that offense has sorely been missed in Florida, and Mullen was kind of the last guy here who really led the charge in that offense. This is an obvious comment, but I'm going to make it anyway. And you go back and if you look at the replay, which I'm sure you probably have as many as I've had the spring game, they didn't show you anything. They didn't yeah. show you their weapons. Those wide receivers can do all kinds of things. Tony never threw. He ran reverse, but so what? That jet sweep hasn't been run right since Percy or Harbin ran it. I mean, a few, a few other guys, but <laughs> Percy and now, of course, he's almost one of the great players in Florida history. But given that option, well, that, that jet sweep can change the dynamics of an offense. If you can run it and get 10, 15, 20 yards on it, it opens up everything. Mullen is a really good quarterback coach. He's also a really good play caller, by the way. Yeah, I think that's the big thing uh, about Dan Mullen is that he's a guy who who's very confident as a play caller, and that's not something that I would say about Jim McElwain. I bring this up all the time, but Jim McElwain you know, made his money being the offensive coordinator, calling plays at Alabama when they won two national championships, goes to Colorado State, calls plays for one year, and then didn't call plays at all at Florida or for the rest of his tenure. That's a great point. And with the Rams, and that doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, if you're going to uh, spend all your time establishing yourself as a coach, calling plays, making your money on being an offensive guru and a quarterback coach, why give that up once you've reached kind of the pinnacle of the profession, being a head coach at the NCAA D1 level, which I always kind of questioned about Jim McElwain. Dan Mullen, you got to love that he is taking on all of this responsibility. He doesn't want to divert play calls to someone else who didn't rise to the top of the ranks like he did. Right. So that's a, a very positive sign for me about Dan Mullen, that he's confident that he's the best one out there that can call plays while doing all the other stuff. It's a great point, and I won't say who, but you can probably guess it. I said something about Michael Wayne's play calling to a very famous coach. He said to me, is he calling plays? Because his mouth's not moving. You know? And so, and, and, and I think you're, what you said is so true. It's like I had this theory. It's kind of like the Peter Principle in a way. Although that's kind of a cliche. But if you think about this, the car dealerships. I have a friend who's a car dealer. 
Why is it they always get a guy who's the best salesman on the lot, who makes all the money and make him general manager and take him off the lot? I don't get it. You know, that's what he does. He sells. Don't put him up in an office someplace, you know? Yep, they're rewarding the, the people who've risen to the top, but yeah, then they yeah. don't do the work and kind of – I get that. I get that, it, you know, McIlwain, you know, had undying loyalty, and that is an admirable thing, but never firing an offensive coach, never taking away play call duties from, from Nussmeyer and, and whoever else was in his ear. Uh, that was when I kind of first started believing that people said, oh, you know, he, he never really fully invested, and that's – that's something we've seen in four, in four months out of Dan Mullen. It's kind of a full investment and in taking the onus upon oneself. I say this all the time also, but can you think of any other situation, probably Steve Spurrier going to South Carolina, where a school hired a head coach who had already coached a decade at another SEC school? I can't think of many. Maybe Nick Saban, but he had only been at LSU. No. What five years, four years? Well, there was a stat out there well, once that he Spurrier's will become the only coach in history he didn't quite make it to win a hundred games at two schools. And the way he is already is one of the few to become the winningest coach of uh, at at, at uh, of all time each school at two schools. Or now, now Saban can't do it because he didn't win that many enough at LSU. I don't think I don't think he's the winningest coach at LSU. So. I'm not sure, but you're right. No, I uh, I mean look. Um, it has to be less miles, right? Or maybe yeah, yeah less miles. Got one, one more game. So no question, yeah, no question, yeah. So, yeah, so uh, I'll tell you somebody who is invested, Kevin O'Sullivan. Yeah. <laughs> wow, 18th consecutive SEC series win. I know they dropped yesterday's game, but this team is, you know, we, we've said this before, but every time they kind of face a little bit of deficit, mm-hmm. and this time it was kind of Jonathan India's first cold streak of the entire season. He was over 10 at the plate before getting, uh, I think he was walked late Sunday despite them losing. But, you know, this finds ways to win, even when something kind of goes cold or something's not working very well. And it was Jonathan India who had been a sure thing for all of SEC play. But now Florida's almost wrapping up SEC play. SEC tournament, I think, is in two weeks. So they've got about, they're playing USF tomorrow. And then they've got two more SEC series before SEC tournament. And, this team, honestly, buddy, looks like they are maybe more complete than last year's team, and that is that is scary. That is absolutely scary because I don't want to get ahead of ourselves and say that, oh, this team is going to be better than a national championship-winning right. team in 2017, but they certainly have answered more questions. Another one that they it seemingly that they answered was Jack Lefwich, the freshman pitcher kind of taking over Sunday pitching duties, and he kind of struggled yesterday, but he is – good enough that they have a fourth pitcher with Tyler Dyson being very good uh, that they can, it's going to be a big thing that comes into play when they get into regionals, uh, having a fourth arm that they can go on if some guy's kind of really not working out too well. So really more of a complete team in my eyes, but it's baseball where any given day, something can just not work for you and you can be bounced. So, yeah. Well, I think, uh, they came unglued in game three college station. First two games were near perfection. They just pitched and played, and as you said, you finally got Jonathan Indy coming alive in the lineup. And uh, I didn't know this until I heard one of the guys. I don't know which, which announcer it was, Hart or the other guy. I got it mixed up. Uh, Hart's a play-by-play guy. Said uh, that Kevin O'Sullivan said himself in the interview, he only gives rings to the team when they win a regular season SEC or win at Omaha. Is that correct? I'm not sure. Yeah, that's that what he said. Pretty, that's what he said. I believe yeah. they don't give it for an SEC tournament, you know? Yeah, uh, don't, I don't think it means anything to to go through the full six weeks of the SEC slate and lose some games that you shouldn't lose and then kind of make it up in the SEC tournament. I think that Kevin O'Sullivan wouldn't be a fan of that <laughs> at all because you got to put put it on tape, I guess. That's more of a football saying, but you got to put it on tape when it actually matters, and that's all those weekend series in Florida – has been by far the best SEC team over the last two years when it comes to SEC play. For sure, for sure. Uh, now, um, three years really, 2016. Yeah, was, right. We how good that 30 and five start was in 2016. Right. Yeah, they're uh, they're they're on fire right now. And let's see, uh, they got so many good players, and he's going to be a first round draft choice. We'll start talking about this more. The pitching staff. I mean, you you talk about a guy like Michael Byrne. Obviously, Singer was just untouchable. You know, who are their starting four? Actually, Wait, when it comes they have, to, they have actually now? three. I know, don't doubt four, but who they have. Now, obviously, they, have Singer. 
Brady Singer, he's going to be a first-round yeah. pick, too. Right. And Jackson Coar, I feel like he's usually their Saturday starter. Okay. I feel like he would – I feel like he could be a, a, a late first-round pick the way right. he's played, uh, the way he went up against uh, in that Auburn series two weeks ago. Right. He was terrific. Um, Jonathan India could easily be a first-round talent the way we've seen him this season. I would be surprised, actually, if he escaped in the second round. Uh, and then Tyler Dyson, he was the Sunday starter. They would kind of counted on him a lot earlier in the season, but he went kind of through a – uh, midseason struggle, one of the few players on Florida to go through a midseason struggle. Uh, but this is a team with 16 freshmen, or 14 freshmen, two transfers, uh, including the great Will Dalton. Um, uh, this is a team that really is reliant on their freshman pitchers, and that's where Jack Lefwich has come into play these last two weeks. He's only made six starts, I believe. Sunday was his sixth start. Right. Uh, four and two. Uh, only had two SEC starts. But they really can uh, count on him. That's their top four in the order right now. And then Michael Byrne, what more can you say about him? UFC career record. He's got, I think, 12 saves on the season, 31 in his career. That is that is outstanding. That is, uh, And that, he doesn't get talked about enough because when you think of the great uh, closing pitchers who come through this right. university, uh, you wouldn't really think that he would be up there. But it just speaks to how good Florida has been in the three years he's been here uh, when it comes to closing out games. By the way, I got to give a little love to my two homeboys, like Wellens brothers. You know, um, and, and I don't know um, whether I haven't kept up with Kirby. Has he gotten to pitch any at all? I, I think he's pitched a little bit. Hunter's I think he's pitched also, yeah, um, a good bit. Right. Uh, Kirby Kirby's closed a few games, I feel, or he's been coming in in the seventh. Um, but he's certainly not out of the rotation. He's just a right. guy who's kind of can do a few things and more of a veteran presence in the locker room than anything. Right, else. and Kirby plays in the um, outfield as well. Yeah. Uh, Hunter, looks, he's a pretty good-sized kid, 6'2". Uh, I, I expect good things from him in the next yeah. – maybe next year, but yeah. they're just so loaded at, at across the board, it seems. Yeah. That a lot of these freshmen, the only ones who are really playing are yeah. – are, Jordan Butler has been very good as well. i got to mention him. He's he's a name that we're going to talk about in the next two years, Jordan Butler. He's he's going to be very good. They got that, that hard that lineup, man. They got some sticks in there. <laughs> you talk about explosion. They got it from from the three-hole on down. Um, I'll tell you somebody else. Maldonado doesn't get a lot of credit. He is a, he can, he's one of the best two-strike hitters in college baseball, in my opinion. He's scrapping. Doesn't, doesn't, you know – he doesn't kind of rush to swing at pitches when he's he's down in the count, and I think that he he kind of doesn't get talked about as much yeah. because uh, he was injured to start the season. But yeah, I, I, he's I mean, there's so many guys. Nick Horvath, we could mention, is one yeah. of the best center fielders in college baseball right now. Um, yeah, this team is absolutely loaded, buddy. It is it it would be a shame to see them knocked out um, and not go at least all the way to maybe the Final Four or, or the, the Super Six, whatever it is. Uh, I, I forget how the tournament is scheduled um, in Omaha, but uh, this is a very, very good team. Um, I think they're going to even keep it getting better. They're, these freshmen are going to be very, very good. I don't, I don't get how Kevin O'Sullivan and the baseball staff really do it because we always talk about how much work goes into college football recruiting. Right. But you know, baseball is playing sixty games. They're doing fall ball. These guys are traveling on the road. They're keeping up with workouts. And Kevin O'Sullivan is in the middle of the season some days on Thursdays going to watch high school games and scout pitchers and scout outfielders. And that is is a grind. So, yeah, yeah, they don't get the credit they deserve around these parts for sure, especially when you also think about they only get – a lot of half scholarships. Mm-hmm. They have to recruit a lot in the state of Florida. They can't be bringing guys from all over the country because yeah. uh, they don't get all full scholarships. They don't get a, get to give out 33 full scholarships. I think it's only yeah. about 13 and a half scholarships. A lot of these guys are on partial scholarship, paying their own way. Right. Uh, that's tremendous dedication when you really think about it. So. Well, uh, it is. Now, I got to mention my guy JJ Schwartz. I, I, I stopped doing what I'm doing to make sure I watch him hit. I love yeah. to watch him hit. He's fun to watch and uh, be interesting down the stretch. And they're going to need all that pitching, by the way. As you know, they got to go deep into that, bull, that bullpen during the right postseason. So they're going to need it all. Yeah. Sure. Hey, you yeah. just got a kudo I got to share with you, okay? Time's okay. running out. This is from China. I kid you not. Ningbo, China. Roger okay. Burns, okay? Listen to this. Don't get heady on me, okay? Don't get the big head. I not just want to say this. Graham is a far better interview than Mike Bianchi. Graham is smart <laughs> yeah, and knows his stuff. But I, that is way too good of a compliment, but I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, it's always talking with you. I really appreciate it. Yeah, we can well, well, we enjoy having you. Now, you're right. I'm, you know, Bianchi's fun. He's funny. He's yeah, he is. 
But you get some good takes out of him too. I'm, I'm, I tread the neutral t- territory more than anything. But you he'll do what you do, and always do be yourself. You know, do who you are. You're a good reporter, and you you have I good ideas, it. and you, I love what you think. You make some salient points, and so I like having you on, man. Appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, man. It's always a pleasure. Have a good week. We'll I'll catch up to you down the line. We're doing more morning shows now, so we'll have to do this more often, okay? I'll be around. Thank you, Thanks, Graham. Man. Good talking to you, buddy. Appreciate it very I'll much. I'll see you. All right. Take care, everybody. All right. All right, so Graham Hall is uh, always fun to have on. Yeah, thanks to that. I know it made you feel good, Roger, young man that he is. Uh, okay, it's about time to wrap it up here. Guys, this hour went fast. Tonight, don't forget, it's going to be an 8.30 dilly-dilly tonight. We'll go, or 8.45. We're going to go a little earlier. We're testing some of the times. The Crown Prince may or may not be there. You saw him come aboard. Um, and uh, we're going to talk about more about college football, of course, we always do. Uh, one of the better minds in college football, if you haven't heard him on ESPNU, uh, check out my man David Bolton from ESPNU and the Miller Moulton Show, uh, who is, as you know, does the SEC games, works as a spotter in the press box for a CBS crew, and, and a really good, really smart guy. Uh, good perceptions. I like I like smart guys because I ain't one, so I get good guests who are smart. Um, and then also... Um, We'll give you the rest of the schedule as we go along. No Friday night show. We're going to be doing some experimenting with times. We're going to get you more involved out there and get a nation kingdom. And by the way, there's some people who watch this show who don't belong to get a nation kingdom. And that's fine. You're missing out on a few things, but that's okay. We still have the door open for the elite. If you're interested, you can PM me. I'll tell you how to do it. I don't want to make it a campaign. I would appreciate all your support, everybody. By the way, I want to see if I can get them up on the screen before I go because they've been so good about uh, about this and supporting our show. There they are right there. There's the all-star cast right there. We're going to draw for some of these people, uh, and we're going to be doing uh, shows. Jack Cavill, of course, the last one to join all 16 of you there. Uh, and we'll be, going, we'll be picking from you, from your talent, to help us with the shows. Uh, to help us with uh, programs and ideas and thoughts. This is going to be two months of more of that, more about you and let more from you and less from me. Uh, and the Crown Prince will be here. I'm trying to work out something with Brady to get more appearances with Brady. So many plans I've got going on here. They're going to be fun. Our new, our exciting things are this. We're working on Dan Mullen. We're going to get him, okay? I don't know when yet, but I got a confirmation. We're going to get him. Probably have to be a phone interview, but we'll see. I got a confirmation last night. They're going to work it out. Uh, he's recruiting right now. I mean, not recruiting. He's speaking right now. In fact, he'll be Wednesday. He'll be in Miami speaking. Um, and then uh, James Bates. If you don't know Batesy, boy, you must a treat. Um, he is a gifted artist. Some of his artwork's being really hailed now. He's got some interesting characters, including the hillbilly. Which, if you haven't seen that, that's a good laugh. I talked to Basie this morning. I actually didn't talk to him. I text back and forth. Looks like right now we're trying to set it up for next Tuesday morning. A little tour of the Batesy studio. He's got it all going on there, man. He's one of the most creative dudes around. He teaches at University of Florida. He's in a class there, too. So, anyway, it's looking forward to that as well. Uh, and uh, what else do I need here to tell you about? Uh, I told you, oh, I want you to help me with some ideas that those folks who are there uh, about recognition for the top contributor of the month. I don't know what we're going to call it yet. The top dealing, I don't know. Whoever does has the most contributions, the smartest thoughts, the cleverest lines, and sometimes even your parents on here will count. Someone who's brought it for the Gator Nation Kingdom. And we're going to find a way to reward you. Now, one other thing. You may or may not notice. These are going out the door to somebody and a drawing for the elite. We've got a package of stuff that includes probably a football, some books, some shirts, shoes, uh, maybe autograph football, we'll see. Uh, maybe some of that great meat from the sponsor, Late Night Dilly Dilly, uh, CD Farms, Florida. You can see how we get that to you. So we're going to have a drawing. 
or at a contest. Contest is going to reward somebody again, and the elite people who have a drawing from the elites will get lots of goodies like this. You have to be sure it's the right size because I only got two pair. Uh, a lot of stuff going on here on a Monday. I'm going to get off this thing because I got to go come back tonight at nine. Crown Prince will probably be with me. Appreciate our guest today. Thanks to Graham Hall and Mike Bianchi for joining the program. Thank you for listening and uh, tell your friends about us. All right. We'll be on here regularly. Probably more mornings and evenings, but we'll see. Whenever you want it, all right? So have a good day. See you tonight. Late night, dilly-dilly.